This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. We are your hosts, Amber and Jenna, and we are so happy that you have joined us for today's episode on ancient Ayurveda in a modern world with Guni Sodhi. So for anyone who's curious about this ancient Indian way of life, but kind of unclear about what it exactly entails, which I got to admit that was me, then this episode will answer your questions and leave you with a fresh perspective on this topic. Before we give you our definition, we would like to announce this episode's sponsor, Uveda, a supplement brand whose philosophy is rooted in ancient Ayurveda, but designed for a modern life and whose founder we happen to have the pleasure of interviewing today. Uveda offers several kits that are designed to target different systems in the body, supporting overall health and balance. We're going to tell you more about that later in the episode, so stay tuned. And it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Guni Sodhi. He is an entrepreneur who has dedicated his life to the wellness industry. He grew up in a home that was surrounded by Ayurvedic and naturopathic doctors, which further led him to solidify his belief in the body's amazing ability to heal. With this passion and conviction, Guni co-founded Uveda, a family-owned business with a vision to create a healthier, happier world using the intelligence of my favorite mama, Mama Nature. We love you, Mama Nature. (laughs) So today's definition for ancient Ayurveda in a modern world is modernizing the ancient and traditional Hindu system of medicine, which is based in balance of bodily systems using constitution types, medicinal diet, herbal treatments, and yogic breathing in order to bring vital health to a new generation of humans living in the confusing chaos of the contemporary moment. And who doesn't want that? That was brilliant. Tell me what a sign. (laughs) This is us speaking my language. So on that note, should we dive into this pre-recorded Skype interview with Guni? Absolutely. Let's get into it. All right. Can't wait. So Guni, do you want to explain to us the very basics of what Ayurveda is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's a really good question, guys. Um, to me, a lot of times when people ask, what is Ayurveda? And way, the way it's becoming more and more popular I like to keep it as simple as possible with almost everything we do. So realistically, I'll get into more of the defined definition of it, but Ayurveda is really about balance. And balance can be a loaded word, so let me kind of explain balance. Balance in mind, body, and spirit. So that is kind of the the foundation of what Ayurveda rests on. Now, what is Ayurveda and more of an explanatory thing is it's one of the world's oldest health systems. It originates in India, and many people date it back to 5,000 years ago. And according to, to scriptures, it was formulated in the Indus Valley. And Ayurveda in itself is a very amazing word too. Ayur means life, and Veda 
means science. So it's a science of life and hence kind of where the whole health system comes in and, and the knowledge base as well. And I think what makes Ayurveda so unique and powerful in its entirety, in my opinion, is its application to the mind-body connection. And I feel that's what's really intriguing people now is people are now, not only people, but institutions are doing research about how strong of a mind-body connection there is in, in feeling better about yourself in healing disease and in really just having a brighter, more healthy outlook on life. And honestly, it's, it's a lot of people are also using it for goal, um, goal achieving as well, and just really setting different intentions. And in fact, the two main guiding principles are the mind body, and then also understanding how Ayurveda stresses, how powerful the mind is in healing the body. And so in, and again, to kind of summarize you know, it, it really is about balance at the end of the day, but then using the whole intelligence, the mind-body technique and balance in mind, body, and spirit. So in essence, to me, that is what Ayurveda is uh, with a heavy emphasis on really bringing your awareness back into understanding how the mind works and how important that is to create that homeostasis in the, within the body. Beautiful. Amazing. And so what tools would you, what are some typical Ayurveda tools you do incorporate to maintain that balance? Yeah, so that's a really great question as well. One of the first and most important things that I think anybody can do and a really applicable tool is, so see, I, I meditation is, is known and well-documented and and many people you know, are doing meditation, which is great. The, the amount of people doing meditation now versus 10 years ago, it's, it's not almost an exponential jump. But if you were to ask me, okay, what are some things that I, I, maybe I need to be concentrating? I cannot do meditation in the car. I cannot, do, I cannot just jump into a meditation right now. I would say one of the greatest tips you can do is always check in and make it a habit. And remember, the more you do something, it does become a habit. So why not enforce a positive habit? What I would suggest to the listeners and even you guys is keep an eye on where your awareness is. Again, that mind-body connection. Now, majority of the day, because the subconscious takes over, subconscious kind of lives within 90% of what we do, the our awareness is going towards something that we've lived in the past many times or worrying about the future. If you can concentrate your awareness in the present or you can concentrate your awareness and, and kind of be aware of the thoughts that are coming in, the emotions that are coming in. Now, what's so powerful about that is you can only change what you're aware of. You cannot change what you're not aware of. So a lot of people live the same pattern. Okay, I'm working out. I'm working out. I'm eating right. Why Why am I not losing the weight or why am I not getting in shape or why am I not getting the, the physique I want? Well, have you ever audited how you're believing or what, what your belief cycle is, what your thought pattern is? Maybe subconsciously, maybe you're not even aware that you're like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm going to exercise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat, but I'm still going to be – I'm not going to get the six-pack or I'm going to be overweight. So becoming aware of your thoughts, your emotions, and just – putting more attention on the awareness of what's going on up here, this software that's running up here really is one of the best and honestly easiest tips that I can think of. Now, I don't want people to get, you know, overindulge and be like, oh my God, I got to audit every single thought. No, that's going to be very exhausting. And I highly, highly advise against that. It's much more just Maybe after a while, you know, taking a little deep breath and just kind of going within and checking in, where is the awareness? Is the awareness here? If we're having this interview, 
my awareness should be here in order to deliver the best version of me. Um, but if my awareness is, okay, what am I going to do at two o'clock? Do I have this? I have this meeting. Then that's not my best awareness in this moment or my best version of me. And I think that is one of the first things I would do is once you can start getting that, because meditation is going to kind of help you with that as well. Yoga helps you with that. Even at the end, a lot of people love the Shavasana because of the fact that your mind is still and you're in your body. So I think that's what would be one of my first tips. There's many other tips, but again, I like to keep it simple. Amazing. Um, can I ask you a question? So in the ancient healing system of Ayurveda, um, how, what are some principles to keep our lives in balance? I mean, I know you said the keep your mind in check and that totally resonates, but what are some foundational principles that they offer to, to help people be in balance in terms of how they eat and how they move and things like that? It's, so it's, 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 it's another like wonderful and, and great question. I believe it, one of the greatest tips and tools is, you know, a lot of times when people get into Ayurveda, it's also understanding your constitution and your doshas. Those are really important. But Ayurveda highly stresses the impact and importance of diet. Mm-hmm. All of us are extremely unique individuals. And, and we come, you know, some people are, are sensitive to dairy. Others are not. Others can and have gluten and, and be great. Others can have gluten and, and it, it can be really bad horrible for their body and they even may need to go to the hospital. I would say one of the tips is really to kind of, if you, if you can visit an Ayurvedic practitioner, great, but otherwise there's, there's many great resources. I know Sahara has been on your guys' podcast. She's got an amazing book for you to identify your dosha. Once you've identified your dosha, you can really begin to narrow down on what kind of exercises are good for you. What kind of food is good for you? What kind of things stress you out? And you can kind of, you know, build your schedule around things that that make you grow positive. But I would say one of the best tips is really watching and being aware of how you eat. Ayurveda also acknowledges that the gut is the second brain. So what's happening in the gut is going to also have the brain-gut health connection. And we've been discovering with the microorganisms, which is why you know probiotics are so great for, for, for a lot of people, is because when you have a healthy gut, you have a healthy immune system. When you have a healthy immune system, you're producing great levels of serotonin. When serotonin is, is being produced well, you feel better. When you feel better, you're more active. When you're active, you're gonna eat better. So everything kind of has that domino effect. So I would say one of the first tips that I can give is really take an audit of what you're eating. Now, I did mention about knowing the dose and if those are confusing, don't worry about that that yet. There's great resources. I mentioned Zahara Rose wrote a great book, Idiot's Guide for Ayurveda. That's great to, to kind of learn more about it. But I would say you can begin with what you're eating. And you guys, our body tells us all the time how we feel. Food Food, food is medicine at the end of the day. And if what you're putting in your body is not making you feel good, you got to listen to it because it's telling you something. You know, if you if you're having that soda and 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 you feel great for five minutes and all of a sudden you crash, there's something telling you about that. If you're eating that bread and you're like, oh man, that was so good, but then half hour later you're like, oh my stomach is upset. There's something to be said about that. You know, and if you're doing fasting and maybe the fasting is going on for too long and and your body's not getting the results you want, there's something to be said about that as well. My father, being an Ayurvedic practitioner. He, he uses this concept all the time, and he's actually an Ayurvedic and naturopathic practitioner. He says, your body is, is your pharmacy. The body produces almost everything we need 
to to really achieve great health. Um, and so kind of getting back to your answer is I would first start with your diet. Um, it's even linked majority of the time. You know, you can go in the gym and lift lift weights all day and do cardio, but 80, I would say in my opinion, 75 to 80% of the time, if you're not watching what you're eating, it doesn't matter because you're going to be in the gym for an hour or two hours, but the rest of the time, you got to be feeding your body, resting your body um, in, in a nourishing way. Totally. Yeah, we are big believers that food is medicine or poison and that it is completely connected to all elements of our well-being. Right. And, um, oh, I was, oh, sorry. I was just going to ask. Um, so I, I know you had mentioned um, the doshas, right? And so just to be clear, there's three major types of body constitution that you can have according to this system, right? And so and is the diet very tailored to each of these doshas? Like if you have one dosha, you eat this. If you have another dosha, you eat that. Or is there a general principle for the types of foods that you should eat throughout all uh, all of Ayurveda? So, yes and no, and I'll tell you why. So, majority of us, and and there's different kind of beliefs in around Ayurveda. And I I have the belief that many of us are tridoshic. We are a combination of the of the doshas, but also at the end of the day. We are more leaning towards a particular type of dosha based on our body composition, how tall you are, you're kind of thinking, are you more anxious, less anxious? And yes, there is certain foods that are pro and against that. But I think the safest thing to do is, are you eating in-season foods and fruits and vegetables? Again, I think to not confuse people on, on, okay, I have to know my body constitution or something, to keep it real simple is... If now it's it's in majority of the U.S., you know, we're going into fall and winter, you're clearly, you should not, if you're going to the supermarket and you're still eating foods and vegetables and fruits that are that are around in the summertime, there's something wrong with that. Mother Nature does not does not produce stuff in the summertime in December. So there, there's something wrong with that. And I think that's where people should really understand that it's being in harmony and being in balance with kind of, you know, with, with Mother Nature. And to kind of answer your question, yes, specific doshas do have certain diets and in it. But I've seen my dad prescribe protocols that borrow from the doshas because it's all about fitting into that balance. But what he says is simply defined is really go with mother nature, eat in season fruits and vegetables, and really listen to your body at the end of the day. Love that. Great advice. And so how do you work out if you wanted to find out your specific dosha or which dosha is predominant? Because I can imagine that you change doshas depending on where you're, what season you're in and what's happening with your particular constitution. So what is a bit of a um, roadmap to discover what dosha you should be moving towards at any particular point? It's a great question. What I would say is if you have the ability to work with an Ayurvedic practitioner, um, that is the best way to do it. Because a lot of times you can go online and you can take a dosha test. And again, I'm going to reference Sahara because, you know, I've, I'm a good personal friend of hers and I've, I've worked with her. And I think she has a really good comprehensive dosha test. That can get you a lot of stuff. And, and I, I, I think that's a great starting point. But to truly go into how Ayurveda honors it, there is a whole pulse diagnosis. So people will see, you know, how, how is your heart beating? What kind of, how's the blood flow? Then there's a tongue diagnosis. The tongue tells a lot about how, how are you digesting food? Is there certain things that you're not getting? And, and, and is there certain things in your body that are going on? And then also your physical structure. 
And then there'll be questions about your psychological health. There'll be questions about kind of your past. And once you have a comprehensive idea of that, that will really tell you a blueprint of this is your this is your primary constitution. These are your your sub constitutions, and this is how you should be eating for right now. Now, to answer the question, as as you as you brilliantly pointed out, yes, we do transition through. So when when I had a a loss of you know my my brother passed away when he was uh, sixteen and. Because of that experience, I kind of started exploring more and more into Ayurveda and more into self-help and more into how the mind and body works as Ayurveda stresses. My constitution and, and doshas were completely off at that point. I was transitioning back and forth into other things. As you can imagine, the brain kind of goes into a fight or flight at that point, you know, not knowing how to, how to kind of really process grief. So – but to answer your question, if people are able to, I'd say contacting an Ayurvedic practitioner is great. But then if they wanted to check out a great resource and get started on learning what kind of foods, what kind of exercises, Sahara has a wonderful resource um, online and even in her book. So that's a great way to begin as well. But I, I'm, only, I'm only leaning towards the, the Ayurvedic practitioner because I've seen my dad do it. And that it's more really a personal level, um, and honestly, you, the patient and and the and the doctor, they really get to have a healthy conversation. You get to go more deeper into it. I mean, I'm telling you guys, he's felt somebody's pulse, and he said, "Okay, you had a kidney taken out," and that person's mouth was just floored. It's like, how did you know that? And he's like, "Well, you know, the body ha- has an intuitive energy, an intuitive being when when it flows, when when the organs are flowing a certain way, and when they're behaving a certain way, you can sense it. It's like it's like, believe me, I'm no guru." It's just my training. <laughs> do, do you think that your dad is like kind of using, in a sense, for lack of a better word, psychic abilities or like extremely intuitive abilities, or is it completely physical within the pulse? It's a mix of, I think, his intuition um, and also his his practice. The body, once you are at that awareness, the body radiates a certain energy um, that that you can just pick up in, in certain auras. I'm sure you guys are aware of that as well. But then, so he's he's really going down to kind of the physical aspect. You know, he's feeling the pulse in a way. He is he's getting a sense of the, the tongue. He is doing an assessment physically, and then he is asking some pronging questions as well. But I would say it's a mix of the intuition that that he has, being a physician. Um, you know, he's seen so many people and patterns do add up eventually. Mm-hmm. But then I also think it's that physical kind of touch and sense as well. Mm, and the emotions, he's able to pick up a lot of emotions. Um, it, it's so interesting. I I remember this one this one person was was a was a we were at a trade show and he was doing pulse diagnosis and this one person was hard as a rock. Like even in their walk, you know, they were just mm-hmm. hard as a rock. And and he asked the person out of the blue, I mean, maybe like the second thing he asked him, he was, why are you so angry? Just like that. And and this person was just caught off guard. And you could see the first time in a while they were thinking. He's like, why am I so angry? Mm-hmm. But then when they started, again, going to the kind of the start of this conversation, when the person brought it to their awareness, you could see kind of a shift, maybe a little let go. And then the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, it was beautiful conversation, you know, around his history and what had happened and, and kind of things that they can do to really help him out now. Beautiful. I love this philosophy because it, for me, it's common sense. Of course, all these things are connected and we're multidimensional beings and the way you walk is going to represent your emotional body and your emotional body is going to be, you know, formed by your, your thoughts. It's just, it's fascinating. Um, what I wanted to ask you is that 
a long, long time ago when I was younger, I think I went to an Ayurvedic, um, Ayurvedic doctor and they were discussing elements with me, like wet or hot or whatever it may be. Can you talk about um, the elements and their um, relation to the doshas? Yeah. So each constitution responds to the basic dosage, uh, the, the, kind of the elements. So there's fire, there's wind, there there is the, the, the water element of it as well. So each of those constitutions, again, once you have it like like pittas and kaphas and, 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 and uh, vatas, they're associated with certain movements. Fire is going to be hot. Right, so these people maybe you know they're 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 quick to get hot, and and, and water is more flowing, um, and wind is also kind of moving. So the 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 elements kind of connect with the constitutions based on that. Again, it goes back into we are we are one of the same. So in Mother Nature, we are a reflection. It's it's very actually a great question. Sometimes you can identify an animal, or even a tree in in nature, and you can say okay based on its composition that this tree or this element is associated with this constitution and even things or, or you know, Mother Nature has a different kind of constitution during the different seasons. You know, certain maybe maybe palm trees are more more wavy and and then and, and they're they're able to more flex and maybe cedar trees are more stri- sort of straight. So they're a different constitution. And how each of those relates is kind of the elements really add in. And again, I think the elements are always changing as well, you know, fire, water, wind, earth. And each of those different elements does not only particularly belong into a certain constitution because I think as people move in and out, those different constitu- those different elements also go into the constitution. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love this philosophy. And I love that it's not just about your health. You can apply it to nature and animals and get a deeper insight into what dosha they're expressing. And perhaps, you know, if you were that animal, which one you'd be moving towards <laughs> to create balance. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so let me go back. But like, just to be clear, there still is a primary constitution that a lot of us fall into. But again, my belief and my experience is I, I believe a lot, you know, it's, it's a tridoshic experience. We go in and out based on maybe season. A lot of us now are entering this, the summer, uh, the winter season, which means shorter days and colder, colder days as well. A lot of us are going to naturally want to go towards kapha. Kapha is much more of, of kind of the lounging, sitting. You know, mm-hmm. there may be there may be heavy mucus activity going on as well um, with the cold, and maybe you know people people really get stuffy with it because maybe they're not out. There's not less exposure to sun, vitamin D. So all of that stuff adds up. But I just want to kind of stress to people is. Don't get too confused with the constitutions. I would really stress is really kind of understand the awareness point. You are one prime, you are majority, you make up more of one constitution, but there's also the other constitutions taking place in depending on where you are in your life. So using that as an example, say where say it's winter and we're moving into wanting to slow down and rug up in in the pursuit of finding balance, would that mean that we should be moving towards being a little more active? And like, how would you apply the idea of balance if you're naturally moving into winter, for example? So I would say part of it, you need to listen to your body. Okay, I mean, if you if you take a look at what bears do, they're hibernating. You know, they're not crazy like us and working till midnight on, on you know, even things <laughs> going like that. But what, what, what I would say is that 
there's going to be a natural component. You're not going to be able to be as active as you, you were probably in the summer or spring months. There's going to be a natural component of, of wanting to be kind of, you know, more transitioning towards kapha, which means you're going to want to slow down a little bit. Listen to your body. Have You want to do more warming things. Got it. And, and you're, you're going to want to eat different types of food that associate with that. Um, again, it, it all works with kind of the, the shift now as we're going into different things, and which is why what makes a body so intelligent. I mean – if you really, if you really think about it, your body knows uh, the the seasons it's moving towards, the different environments. So there's a part of it that says yes, you need to welcome it. You need to kind of say, okay, yes, I I know I'm going to expect to slow down a little bit. Uh, maybe I shouldn't push myself as hard. Uh, going outside is going to be a little a little tougher for me because of colder and and different elements. Maybe that means I need to do more things inside. But that certainly does not mean that I like you're you're saying you know just don't lounge over there. <laughs> you still watch what you eat. Still stay active. Maybe instead of doing the heavy cardio outside you do a brisk walk um or or you know you you get in, on the treadmill more or you it's any time that i feel that you cannot go out in mother nature it's almost a better time to go within your own nature so spend more quality time uh quiet more quality time in your own own awareness and if you can't of course get onto mother nature i love it you know you should but let's just say you live in an environment where it kind of makes it tough it's too cold or it's too dark or you're just not able to get out that's when i think you should take advantage of really beginning to understand your own nature and go deeper within yourself. Mm, I love that. And I love how you are explaining that the that season is actually moving you into balance compared to the season you just came from. So it's not necessarily a matter of finding balance within that season. It's just immersing into that season. Hmm. Um, Absolutely. Compared to the rest of the year. I love that. Seems like there's a lot of respect for the natural cycles and um, sort of almost a mimicking of nature cycles in Ayurveda. Would you agree with that? that? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that's all. I mean, Ayurveda really stresses that. And and I think one of the things, it's, it's, it's interesting. If we go back five years, the word Ayurveda... You know, people don't even know what it is. They can barely spell it, um, and, and and people don't even like. And when I say barely spell it, I, I'm not I'm not trying to you know sound disrespectful. I'm just saying people wouldn't even know where to begin, right? But the but the awareness now for Ayurveda is so great that people understand. And what I like to say is, people sometimes still ask, "Is it a philosophy? Is it a religion? Is it this? Oh my God, you got to do this. You got to dress up as a monk and have those <laughs> things, or or you you gotta you gotta like you know you gotta do the firewalk." I said, "No, it, it, you guys." it's it's i believe me it's really simple it's 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 a it's a certain philosophy it's a they call it a health guide it call it whatever you want to call it but it's really about balance mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day when do we most feel uncomfortable when do we most go towards disease when we're not in balance and that could be not in balance of how's your career How's your relationship? How are you eating? How are you treating yourself first and foremost? Um, and, and you know, how are you treating the environment? If the environment around you is, is not good and, and it's just not helping you, then that's something that, that is out of balance and maybe you need to assess that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does mimic nature, but I also think it, it's it's it, and mimics nature. And I think there's a beautiful quote, um, and maybe by Lao Tzu, it says, nothing in nature is rushed, yet everything is accomplished. Mm-hmm. I love and that. that is that is kind of how, if we if we learn or we become aware of living our life like that, it's it's called being in the flow, and things do show up. 
you know? Yeah, I believe in that. I'm trying to take a page out of that book. Totally. Slow down to get more done in a way. <laughs> New mantra. Um, and I love the fact that it sounds like the fundamental way to move with this philosophy is with your intuition. And once you're really into, like in tune with what you need and what's out of balance and what feels right, what you're gravitating towards, towards food or towards activity or relationships, that innately creates a sense of balance. So I love that it's encouraging one to sharpen their intuition and move from that. Absolutely. And, and that's what, what, again, it kind of goes back into you know, at the start of the conversation, we were talking about awareness. That's why I think it's so important to just develop that awareness, practice that awareness. And again, that just looks like just pausing and 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 seeing where you are, where your mind is, where, where your thoughts are, where you are, just checking in on your environment. And yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. We see we we all are intuitive beings, but we get so busy with being busy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's any other way to define it. We get too busy being busy that we forget to check in on ourselves, and that's where really the conversation um, begins. And and we really learn so many beautiful things. We are all about that. How long have you been practicing this um, philosophy for? Uh, wow, I was. That's a great question. I mean, I was born into a household that that was that was doing this. We were doing. We were we were making our own, you know, ghee, and and I had amla, um, a chavan prash being prescribed, and when I got sick, or the Tylenol was forbidden in the house. <laughs> Curcumin was a thing. So I would say, um, I would say I was always exposed to it. When I really, what I when I really started applying the principles and I started understanding was much later in my life. Like I like I mentioned when my brother passed away, that is when I began to understand the power of the mind to make you rise up or make you crash down quicker than you can imagine. Uh, mind is something that my goodness. Um, if if you are headed towards that negative path, then it really takes a lot to dig it out. And that's when I began to really understand the mind-body connection. What I would feel in my mind immediately manifested in my body, immediately. And and, and I would say, so that happened in, in 2006. I think, I'm you know, since then, I've been really going strong and really kind of living this philosophy and, and, and doing it. And so excellent. Was there any tricks or tips, I guess you could say when you did lost your, lose your brother. And I'm so sorry about that, by the way, um, that helped you, that helped you, um, that helped you at that time, um, go from the negative mindset to the positive mindset. Was there anything that really helped you shift that grief, um, through the lens of Ayurveda? Yeah. For me, it was just understanding what I was going through. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I was really blessed to have a father, you know, who's who's a naturopathic. So he's he's not only an Ayurvedic physician, he's a naturopathic physician, which means, you know, Ayurveda in this country is not a licensed, you know, form of, of, of kind of medicine. It's not licensed, but naturopathy is. So he uses naturopathy kind of, you know, have that license mm -hmm. that he can practice and certain states ha have naturopathic uh, licensing. But then he also, he majority of his practices on Ayurveda. So he was right away able to look at me because I was going through some crazy, you know, things. I mean, just everything that comes with grief, everything that comes with 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 the, with the shock of what happened. I mean, two two o six p.m. Here I am talking to my brother about, hey, you know, let's what are we doing this weekend? Are we hanging out? Two seventeen, I'm getting a call from his best friend saying he's been in an accident. That was the last time last time I talked to him. So. I and another thing that I really didn't do well, and I'll get to the the, the part about what you were saying is. I did not know or did not have the awareness at that point of how to let the body grieve. 
I, I got the information that somehow in my head and, and it was well meaning, well intentioned information that I got from everyone. Hey, be strong. You know, that's the same thing you get, be strong, be strong. And I took that to interpret that. Okay. Everybody else can cry around me. My parents can cry, but I got to be a pillar. I will tell everybody and I will tell your audience because I'm speaking about it from my deep experience. That is the worst advice that you can interpret yourself. People, when they say be strong, I think there needs to be a little more elaborate definition of that. Don't take being strong as to mean you need to hold on to your emotions. Don't take being strong as you cannot express your emotions. Don't take being strong as to meaning that, that you know, you got to be a rock. That will blow up in your face quicker than you want. And when you want to move on, it'll manifest into whatever it needs to manifest because you didn't express that energy. I didn't express that energy. And six months later, when I was ready to move on, it was full blown out PTSD with anxiety, with multiple panic attacks every day and a deep depression. Now, to get to your question, I believe what really helped me using Ayurveda and Ayurvedic philosophies was just knowing what the heck was going on with my body. At that point, you don't know what's going on because life is not life does not become quote unquote normal. You know, you don't just wake up and you're you're living your life like what we're doing right now. You wake up and you're associating everything with the symptoms, how you feel. Am I going to be able to do it? What if I feel like this? Your life changes and, and oh my God, I feel like crap. You know, I don't feel good. So it was having that awareness. And my father was able to say, okay, you got PTSD. This is what we need to do. And once I had that awareness, I knew how to go about it. I started paying more attention to how I felt from a almost like a, a, a awareness level of mm-hmm. knowing, okay, nope, this is the same pattern. I'm not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. But then I'll be honest, guys, what really kind of drove me out of it is I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Mm. I, I was like, there's just no way. And, and I started kind of using the mind and saying, okay, well, if you brought me here, you can take me out of it. Others have been through this experience. I know others are doing okay. Yes, it's a very painful experience, but I know I can get through it. You know, people come from, there's there's stories of uh, moms that lose their son in, in the war every single day. Soldiers are dying every, people are, people pass away. There's things that happen like this every day. So if other people can do it, I can too. And I honestly was sick of feeling this way. And I knew that I could pull myself out. Mm, and that, wow. to me, I don't know if that's a tip or a trick, but... Yeah, no, that's it, it's a good story. That's, the, the thing that I think is so powerful, I mean, your whole story was powerful. Breakdowns equal breakthroughs. And we have to, a lot of the time, just allow ourselves to get to that rock bottom, to need to accelerate yes. to the opposite trajectory, hopefully. Um, but what I really got from that story is the power of allowing yourself to process emotions and to embrace them and move through them rather than distracting yourself from them, pushing them away, trying to be strong, which means not show them or process them. I also found myself haunted by um, the, the feelings that I was not allowing myself to process until I finally got, if I'm going to be free of this hauntedness, which has lasted, you know, seven years or whatever it may be, I have to stop and be with those feelings and allow them to move through me. And part of that is understanding them. Part of that is just opening yourself to embrace them and cry for 10 days or whatever it may be until they leave you energetically and then they dissolve miraculously a lot of the time. And of course, life is spontaneous. They may come back and back out, but at least you have cultivated the tools to be able to 
move through them so they don't um, dominate your life. I love that right. point of yours. Thank you. Right. No, I appreciate it. And thank you for sharing that beautiful, you know, personal experience as well. But see, I, I think all of us have that capability. Now, I feel the strength comes in being able to do that. There is a certain strength that comes into letting yourself sit there and feel the emotion. And there's a certain strength that comes in there and, and letting yourself feel the way you need to until it's gone. And, and at the end of the day, I hope for everybody that's going through a tough time that they can come to the awareness that it's an emotion. It's a feeling. It cannot last forever. It only lasts forever based on the attention you give it. That's it. Or if it manifests into a physical yes. syndrome like yes. yours did, which yes. I would say 99% of people's, you know, heavy emotional um, experiences do manifest unless you know how to move through them as soon as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And mine had manifested into a physical, you know, physical and psychological, but like, like you were saying, you know, there's ways that you can get through it. Wow. On that point, I would love to draw attention to the importance of cultivating balance within so we can project that balance in our outer lives. So that is why we have taken on this week's episode as Uveda. Uveda is a brilliant tool that can help us find that balance. They have worked at all out for you and offer you this balance in cute little kits that include daily supplements. I personally take the My Healthy Body Kit after a bout of feeling quite anxious and stressed, you know, mum life, and honestly can say I feel so much more calm and balanced because of it. What I love about Uveda is that it gives you your medicinal herbs in these cute little packets, so it really takes all the guesswork out. If you're striving for more balance in your life, we really recommend you trying Uveda. They are all wild harvested, organically grown, ethically sourced from people who use sustainable practices and third party tested for heavy metals. And it goes more than just supplements as well. They also provide daily advice on living better via their app. And they also have you covered with a free learning center on their website. They have everything figured out. So you can also choose from my healthy body, my healthy digestion, mood, joints, or immunity. So there's something for everyone in there. We hope you guys enjoyed as much as we do. On that note, let's get back to the episode and learn more about this wonderful approach of ancient Ayurveda in a modern world. Do you have an example for us of what your life looked like before you were looking at life through the Ayurvedic lens and then what <laughs> your life looks like now that you're able to apply it through all aspects of your life, not just your diet? No, no that's a brilliant question. So before Ayurveda and after Ayurveda, before Ayurveda, I really took, I, I believe I took life for granted. I mean, I, I truly felt like I was, I was Superman and then nothing would get to me. I wouldn't, um, I never went within. I never had a true sense of gratitude for daily life's beautiful gifts. You know, um, it's, it's, it was pouring rain and all of a sudden the beautiful sunshine comes out and the birds begin to sing. I, I never really took that into account. Um, really understanding one of the most beautiful things, I thank God for the experience of bringing me to that very, very bottom place and helping me come out is understanding the mind. I, I, before I thought this thing was on autopilot, like anything it told me, go do, go do. I never said, wait a minute. Like, is that in alignment with who I am? And, and, and wait a minute, you're, you're not, you know, I'm aware of the thoughts. I don't have to do them. That's one of the biggest things. And 
all really also applying the balance you know you guys are running a beautiful podcast and it's heavily involved you know it's also a business element to it but also understanding that besides this you guys also have a family or you have you time or you need to go out there and spend some time in nature and recharge so understanding those elements of of balance of who you are and how the mind works and how the body works and of course as you mentioned you know diet's a huge part of, of it as well so Beautiful. Well, it sounds like a far better life. <laughs> yes, it is. It that. is. And, and you know, it, it, it becomes more enjoyable. I mean, it, it, does that mean, you know, if my friends are, are like, hey, let's go to a bar on Friday, do I say no? No, of course not. I mean, you, life is, that's an expression of consciousness as well. You know, you just like, okay, you don't, maybe you, you consume responsibly you know, to the point where, you know, you don't get sick the next day and you still enjoy, but it's a different perspective where you, you have a better understanding of yourself and your body and, and your surroundings that life really does become more enjoyable. I love that. I love how you apply that philosophy to every aspect of life. It's brilliant. Really Thank smart. Um, well, one more. I have a couple, a couple little questions Please. for you. So first one is, um, in India, is Ayurveda like the standard of health? Or is it like, do they have Western medicine there? And it's a mix? Or how does it actually... How is this in India? I'm just curious to know. So it's kind of a reverse element of how it is here, but kind of how people are treated is almost, uh, from, a, from a medical standpoint, it's almost similar here. The awareness is, is much greater in India because, you know, that's kind of the birthplace of it. Um, it's, it's heavily marketed, heavily advertised. But I do believe due to the lack of real quality centers, quality players, quality products, there is this foresight that Ayurveda cannot be used to really assess the human level on a, on a really on a kind of a, a a national or mainstream level. Hmm. They majority of of the treatments are still kind of done with you know your 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 more Western philosophies over here that kind of done it. But Ayurveda is much more aware. I think the different perspective, which is nice over there in India, is that people do understand that there is an alternative based on Ayurvedic philosophies that they can try. So they're much more aware. If things are not working for them on, on the on the normal protocols, kind of okay, take this prescription and then do this. Don't worry about eating like that and exercise. Just come back. I'll give you this other pill and and all that other stuff. Um, more people are open to the to, to the awareness of Ayurveda, and and they're more open to, okay, there is another way. I can I can go and and do this way. I need to watch what I eat. I need to watch what I, what I'm kind of how I'm living my life. There's beautiful retreat centers there as well, but I do feel like those are kind of. It's it's a different different population set that goes to those and and kind of what's what's unfortunate is more foreigners than actual people living in India go to those. So it's kind of it's kind of like. It's, India has this amazing ability, and I, I, in my opinion, I don't feel like Ayurveda has been portrayed correctly. You know, there's some people doing it, but but it, it, Ayurveda is a huge business over there. It's <laughs> huge probably, business over there. Yeah, interesting. So. And you had also said something interesting to me because my my father is actually Indian from India, and his family came from the region where you had mentioned. It said that it was from the Indus River Valley region, and that's where he had uh, my family originated. So I'm just curious if you know anything. I know we didn't pr prepare you for this question about the actual um, foundation of this philosophy and how this philosophy came into being so long ago, 5,000 years ago, they were so much more right, in my opinion, then to come up with this philosophy for, versus the one that we, you know, like the Western medical philosophy. So do you know how they, they got this philosophy so at all? 
from from what I have have read and understood, and also have heard it delivered through you know other people that study Ayurveda and that I've I've heard talks, you know Deepak Chopra, my father, um, others as well, is that the ancient sages and rishis when you go back thousands and thousands of years ago, meditation and really kind of reaching that higher level was what a lot of people were doing. You know, a a lot of people, there was a lot more meditation going on, a lot more philosophy around the individual, how to become kind of better, reach that. So a lot of people believe that that this was a message that was sent um, when you connect to kind of your, 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 your intelligence or connect with the universe. And many people, it was, it was, it was called the Vedas, the book of knowledge and wisdom. And from, from the Vedas, kind of, you know, Ayurvedic scriptures were passed down from one sage to the other. And then I think everyone kind of put it together in the Vedas, and that's that's kind of how it is. But my, my understanding or my interpretation is that this culture was heavily invested in deep meditation, uh, states of stillness, and just kind of being on there and, and really connecting with the universe and, and people finding their own Satguru. I'm sure you guys are familiar with that term, is really kind of going within. Um but it's it's it would have been really cool to see you know the actual documentation. But this is kind of what what the what the you know how the foundation has been uh, translated into. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like uh, attributed to one particular sage. It's just sort of like uh, the group of them meditating, and they kind of just all got it from the universe. Yeah. Yes, I mean, which I, I think believe. It, I totally believe yeah. that explanation. Yeah, so. <laughs> it, it's it's it was you know it was, it was many people like rishis and sages contributing. You know, there were certain people that that did put 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 it together. Um, but but certainly, I don't know if you can connect it to one person. Mm-hmm. At least I at least in my to your knowledge, uh, under, it, yeah, my knowledge, I don't have that uh, connection. But um, interesting. I, I, yeah. Cool. Wow. Awesome. Excellent. So I know that you have channeled an incredible um, business from this based on this philosophy. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Uveda? Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Um, so Uveda, as, as I've kind of mentioned before, really came after, you know, what I went through with my with my brother and, and how uh, what I went through really with the emotions and, and everything that I did. I kind of to kind of add on to the story. So once I started going through the, the symptoms of, you know, the grief and, and how the, the heavy over anxious thoughts and just not feeling my, myself and kind of really in more of a depressing mood is thankfully I had my father and my father really kind of, this is actually, this is what he told me, which really was, was, I should have mentioned it earlier, but he said that in all of my 30 years of practice, you know, he goes, I've written probably a handful of prescriptions for anti-anxiety and anti-depression. And he, and he says, and that even some of those were because a patient wanted it, not because, you know, I wanted to write it. The patient said, I want it and I want it. And so he said, okay, that's fine. And he goes, I don't want you, my son, to be the sixth one. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to, first of all, as you, as you guys mentioned beautifully, you know, understand why you're going through what you are, the emotions. Second thing is we're going to change up your diet. Third thing is we're going to incorporate meditation, yoga, and, and, and right exercise. And, and most important is, you know, like, like I mentioned, the diet, really understanding the diet. And I will tell you guys, within 30 to 45 days, I had seen a complete transformation. And again, but it started from my mind, having that awareness Without that, you could have done this and it wouldn't have been so impactful, which is, and, and so going through that, you know, then after, after kind of all, all that and, and 
feeling great. Um, it's about 2006, 2007. You know, I, I then go and kind of, you know, join the family business to learn how a business is run. Then I go get my MBA in entrepreneurship. And once I got my MBA in entrepreneurship, there was always something within me that, that said that, you know, I felt so privileged and so, so grateful that I was able to get out of this. Why not share this with the rest of the world? And hence kind of Uveda. So why Uveda is just, it's beyond just taking supplements. That's why we kind of give the app that has meditations, that has yoga exercises, that has diet tips, and then our knowledge center, which really encompasses the understanding and wisdom of Ayurveda. And it kind of presents it to you in, in an easy to use, easy, easy to digest, convenient way to take it. There's no guesswork. Do I need to take ashwagandha? Do I need to take this? Do I need to take this? And opening up eight different bottles. We have worked with some of the best doctors, including my father and his residents, to come up with the perfect formula for mood, the perfect formula for digestion. And literally no guesswork you go in um you you order and and you know it's it's sent right to your door and along that you also get a whole mind body wellness um philosophy brilliant brilliant i'm signing up this sounds incredible oh yeah definitely and i love how you mentioned that within 30 to 40 days you had transformed um and shaken off um, that grief into a whole new place of being. And it just so happens that it takes around 40 days to reform a habit like right. in, in the neuroscience type of way. So carve a new groove. So it's, um, it's brilliant. I love how you're incorporating mind, body, spirit in such a functional, modern, practical way. So well let, let's say there's somebody listening right now who is, for example, in the same type of situation you were in after your brother passed. Um, so by, by, so by doing Uveda, they're going to get supplements that are going to address their specific issues. So for example, their mood and help elevate their, they're going to have all the superfoods and, and supplements needed to, to boost their mood. Plus they're going to have uh, your app, which is going to help them do the meditation right and, and stay on track with um, some of the sort lifestyle of lifestyle elements. things they have to do. And then in addition, they're also going to have access to an online uh, library center. resource center where they're going to get um, all the resources they need to kind of to get their mind in check for lack of a better word and pull themselves out of of that is that right Correct. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. So like, for example, you know, if somebody is going through a, a tough time and, and they, they need some help with their stress or support uh, in, their, in their mood, yeah, My Healthy Mood does contain wonderful Ayurvedic adaptogens. Adaptogens are wonderful in working with your cortisol level. So adaptogens really identify kind of how stressed are you are uh, within your body. And they they're, they're, their whole thing is, again, to balance out your body. You know, if, you're, if your cortisol is too high, which means you're really kind of revving in that fight or flight, it helps you take it down. But but then we've also incorporated multivitamins. So most of the time when people are going through this, they're not really eating right, you know. So we're we're including some of the minerals and the and the great foods that are that are there with the multi. And then fish oil has shown tremendous results um, in, in really help helping promote brain health, but then also heart health because everything is connected. But yes, then then we've if you're on the mood, um, the kit we have specific exercises in the meditation that addresses mood health. There's there's color meditation. There's in, there's intention purpose meditation that that's included. Then there's yoga exercises and yoga poses that open up the the root chakra in, in in the mind that really kind of helps support that change. And then there's diet tips. What what you, what is good to be eating alongside that? Mm-hmm. And then of course you know we you people can always reach out to us via email. Give us a call. Um, sometimes you know I, I'm, when I'm when I have some time, I'm happy to take a call or answer an email because at the end of the day, it's you know it's all about helping people. If I can help people. Um, 
explain through my experience and gosh, if I can save them some of the time or the, or the stuff that I went through, I'm all for it. Um, you know, and, and we're also going to begin start doing Instagram lives where people can kind of do Q and A's and everything. So yes, I think you hit it brilliantly with explaining it. Okay. Really? Well, that's an excellent segue into how everyone can get hold of you. Do you want to share your Instagram and your website? Yes, definitely. So we, our website is just uveda.com. So www.youveda.com. So uveda, again, you is, you know, yourself and veda is a knowledge as we discussed. So that's kind of how the name comes in. It's a knowledge of yourself. They can find us on Instagram. It's uveda and then under, um, underscore on Facebook. We're also uveda and, and we're also, you know, available on Amazon and other platforms, but the best kind of resources really visiting our website and that kind of connects you to every other portal that we're on excellent thank Amazing. you so I'm much try for that. being with us today that was just That's incredible cool. amount of information thank you oh, thank so you. much and we at the end of every episode we love to share an invitation offer an invitation to our audience um, around the topic we're exploring so i don't know if you have any better ideas but i think it would be a great invitation to ask our listeners <laughs> to apply the lens of Ayurveda over their life and maybe sit down for a moment and do an inventory of relationships, career, health, and look at if you're out of balance in one of those areas and where you need to pull back and apply more balance to live a more vital, focused, and profound life. I love it. I love it. I think it's it's also about the whole... Um, whole philosophy of taking action too. You know, a lot of times I think that's what I, I credit myself, um, in, in really that, that I was sick of being sick and tired and you have to take that action. Otherwise you can be in that self pity forever. So I, I, I love it. It's really that taking that action after this conversation, if people are inspired, please, please take that action because that is when you begin to, there's something different about talking about it than experiencing it. When you experience it, more momentum will be created. Yeah, and it's it's the um, Ayurveda element manifested through the emotional and physical body. Absolutely. You can imagine it and think how you want things to be different, but then you have to apply the physical element and the Absolutely. spiritual element to manifest change in your life. So I love Absolutely. it. Ayurveda is everywhere. You just got to open your eyes to it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, Gunny, thank you so much for being with us today. We really loved this conversation and you've really just like shed such incredible wealth of knowledge with us. So thank you. No, thank, thank you. you. It was my absolute honor and privilege. And thank you guys for spreading the light. It's not easy what you guys do. I just <laughs> want to say thank you so much. We need we need more of you guys doing this. And, and I would tell all your all the listeners and, and everybody out there that, you know, if you you guys have a calling to really do something, make a difference or work on something bigger than yourself. There's never been a better time, guys. Never been a never been a better time. Go out there and do it. Produce. Create. Um there's honestly nobody stopping you but you. It's true. It's one hundred percent true. So true. You can't let anything stop you. It's quite a journey, but it is. It's it's you know it's a journey worth fighting for. So thank you for that reminder. I totally agree. So yes, thank you everyone for being with us today and being on this crazy journey with us and being curious and wanting to look deeper at life and at yourself and to make a difference. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please don't hesitate to share it and leave a review for us and help us on this mission because you're an integral part of it. So thank you so much and we'll feel you with us next week. Bye for now.
Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.